Hello, guys. Welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Bita, who is the founder, along with her husband, Rob, of the Stonegate Legal Services team. She's really, really amazing and a wealth of knowledge, specifically focusing on landlord-tenant relationships. And she's also attaching some free resources down below. So definitely check those out and enjoy the episode. Hello, guys, and welcome to the Cashflow Queens podcast. Today, we have on Bita. Thank you so much for being here. Thank really you for so it. much for having me. Yeah, no, for sure. This is Bita. I found her on Instagram, and she's really, really great. She has a lot of amazing content all about landlord-tenant relationships, and she is the founder with Rob of Stonegate Legal Services. So she's a paralegal herself, and I kind of want to just dive into your journey a little bit about how you became a paralegal and how you kind of got into this space. Excellent. Well, I obtained my para, my my real estate license, ah, I would say, I wow. back in 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. And through that path, we started acquiring landlord and investor clients who started purchasing small to medium-sized apartment buildings and commercial plazas. And they didn't really know how to tend to the day-to-day operations. So just like all of my real estate counterparts, I offered to manage their properties alongside my husband, Rob. Mm. And through that path, we ended up at the landlord and tenant board on matters such as, you know, for things like non-payment of rent, late payment of rent. Um, And nine times out of 10, my matters would get dismissed because I was not a licensed paralegal or lawyer. Oh, interesting. So I went back to school. I obtained my paralegal license. And alongside my husband, uh, Rob, we started a Stonegate Legal Services. Amazing. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, did you have any of your own properties at that time as well or just managing other people's? We, ever since I got into real estate, okay. um, I I did own uh, investment properties. So okay. I am a landlord myself, mm-hmm. and that's why our firm provides support to landlords and agents throughout the province of Ontario. Mm-hmm. Okay, amazing. And then you are, you, are you mostly working with landlords or tenants as well? or 99.9% of our business mm-hmm. is focused on landlords. Okay. But we don't like the, the crappy landlords. We don't <laughs> like the landlords that just want to get rid of tenants because they just don't like them. Mm-hmm. So we like things done the right way. Uh, but we do provide support to tenants on bad faith evictions okay bad faith evictions okay um all right and how is your own experience being a landlord in ontario well (laughs) it gets scarier and scarier every time every every year Mm. but we do often have issues with our own tenants as well Mm -hmm. because even if a tenant looks a hundred percent on paper once they're in and it only takes one circumstance to change Mm -hmm. and it changes the whole um uh, issue with their tenancy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you have ways? I'm kind of just jumping right in, but do you have uh, ways that you can vet tenants properly? Or do you think do. like sometimes it's like you can just miss certain things? Anyone can miss certain things. Yeah. Okay. You want to make sure that the big things are checked off, mm-hmm. right? So proof of income, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that they have the ability to pay the expenses. The biggest expense is the rent and utilities, mm-hmm. right? So that's important. Credit. Credit is important, especially <laughs> their Equifax credit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes with the smartphones, there are certain apps that you can you can download and they can give you your credit rating. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't just focus on the credit rating. You want to look at the overall credit, mm-hmm. okay? Because there is some debt that is good debt. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, their credit shows their credibility, their, if they're financially responsible. Who else is lending to them? Mm-hmm. Because if they have issues paying a $250 Rogers bill, how are they going to pay a $2,000 monthly rent? Mm-hmm. On top of that, references, not from their current landlord, mm-hmm. but their previous landlord. 
Their current landlord could tell you anything under the sun to get them out, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially if that tenant owes arrears and there are, you know, they, they cut a cash for keys deal mm -hmm. where the landlord is forgiving twenty, thirty thousand dollars in rent, mm -hmm. right? But there are two very unique vetting tools that people should also consider. The first one is openroom.ca. Okay. And the second one is canly.org, C-A-N-L-I-I.org. Now, openroom.ca is a website that uh, basically came about from two very angry landlords who basically had enough. They opened this website and it's all across Ontario. So any landlord can now upload a landlord and tenant board order to openroom.ca. So if you have a prospective tenant, you can just go onto openroom.ca, mm -hmm. put in their name as a keyword and see if there's any orders popping up. Mm -hmm. Is that not a great vetting tool? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and canly.org, that is more of a, um, it, it's more restricted, mm -hmm. but the, the landlord and tenant board orders are becoming more public. Uh, so that is controlled by the board. The board will update those orders, whereas openroom.ca, landlords upload orders. Mm. Okay, wow. Um, what are some things that landlords cannot ask for? Because <laughs> okay. I see this all the time. That's important. Mm -hmm. Photo ID. Oh, okay. Photo ID, it's not relevant. Now, anytime, okay. uh, anytime I get asked this question, I always say, Anytime you want to ask for something or your client asks you to ask a prospective tenant for a piece of information, mm -hmm. ask yourself, how is this relevant? Mm -hmm. How is their photo ID relevant? How are their bank statements relevant? Mm -hmm. Right? How is their child support payment relevant? Mm -hmm. Their SIN number? Their SIN that. number. How <laughs> yeah. is that relevant? Yeah. Right? If you want to look them up, look them up. But mm -hmm. asking for documents that are not relevant, mm -hmm. they don't have to provide them to you. Okay. And then you also said that you deal with bad faith eviction. So what's the right way that a landlord should go about doing a proper eviction? So landlords must terminate tenancy mm -hmm. with cause. That okay. means they have to have a reason. If the tenant's not paying rent, if the tenant is paying late, if the property has sold and the new buyer wants to move in, if the landlord wants to move into the property, these are all cause to end the tenancy. Mm -hmm. That means that proper notice must be paid, mm -hmm. must be served, mm -hmm. okay, and then filed with the landlord and tenant board. Then it's the waiting game because it's going to take about seven to eight months to receive a notice of hearing. Yeah. That's with cause. Okay. Now, if a landlord wants to expedite a termination without having to wait uh, for those board delays, mm -hmm. they can do a cash for keys. Mm -hmm. And the benefit of a cash for keys or the, the great thing about a cash for keys is a landlord can really do anything they want mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. They can sell the property, they can re-rent it, they can hold open houses, take photos, they can do whatever they want, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if they're ending the tenancy, depending on which notice that they're using, mm -hmm. they are restricted. Okay, and what are like some of the forms then that they should be using for evictions or? So for cause. For cause, okay. yeah. So yeah, I guess like the N. So <laughs> this is not legal advice. So I okay. can't give legal advice, okay. right? They can go onto the landlord and tenant board uh, website mm -hmm. under forms, and there's a whole list of forms. Mm -hmm. So the N4 for non-payment of rent, N8 for uh, persistent late payment, mm -hmm. uh, N12 for the landlord or new purchaser's own use. Just make sure that you understand the consequences and requirements of these notices. Mm -hmm. Don't just send them out because, you know, you 
watch this podcast, yeah. or, right? <laughs> Make sure you get legal advice. Okay. 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 And then how can a tenant, um, like react if there's a bad faith, uh, eviction, is there a way that they can appeal that? Yes, there's always a way. Remember it with the court system or the, the tribunal system, there are no guarantees. So when a matter goes to the landlord and tenant board, it doesn't, we don't know if you, the landlord is guaranteed a termination of tenancy. However, depending on which notice the landlord serves, it tells the tenant, you do not have to move out if you don't agree with this notice, mm. which means that the landlord now has to apply to the board, mm-hmm. wait for a hearing, and then the board will determine whether or not the tenancy is over. We don't make that determination, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. The board makes that determination. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the LTB, we're talking about it a lot, but can you explain a little bit more of what it is and I guess like how to move forward with the dispute? Absolutely. The landlord and tenant board or the LTB mm-hmm. is basically where disputes are resolved. Mm-hmm. Either party can bring an application to the board. The board is similar to a court-like setting. Mm-hmm. However, the person who makes the decision or the member is not a judge. Mm-hmm. They are a reasonable person, the lay person. They do have some knowledge of the act, but they don't necessarily have any legal backing. Mm-hmm. They hear one side, they hear the other side, and then they apply the law and they send their decisions in the mail. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And how long? So you kind of already mentioned it, but it's I know it's kind of backlogged right now. So how long does it yes. take to move forward with a dispute or have a resolution? On most applications, the current delays are seven to eight months. Yeah. On the not so serious applications, you're looking at about 10 months to 12 months. Mm, How do you feel about that? (laughs) That's why cash for keys is so effective, right? Because if you have someone that wants to move into the property or if you've sold the property and you require possession, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not likely that a buyer will wait 10 months, eight months, Mm -hmm. right? Unless they're receiving some sort of a cash incentive. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to pay the buyer cash incentive, why not pay that to the tenant, have them move out, and close your deal? Yeah. Okay. So cash for key situation. Cash for keys. Do you have any, just to take a step back, do you have any fun, not fun, but crazy tenant horror stories or anything? We do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, my husband Rob did a eviction not too long ago and not too far from here. Mm-hmm. And this this poor animal, this, they, this tenant had a big dog mm-hmm. and... They and it was the property was a condominium, and instead of going outside or taking this dog outside so he can relieve himself, this la- this tenant would take it to the balcony. I think I saw this on your Instagram. You saw it on yeah. Instagram, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this poor animal would walk on its own poop mm-hmm. and go outside and then relieve himself and then come bring that inside. Mm. Oh, it was just horrible. Mm-hmm animal abuse in a sense right and that tenant the reason why she got evicted was that she owed something like thirty thousand dollars oh my gosh and how is that resolved like is that person actually ever going to pay that back or like how is that resolved so that depends Mm -hmm. so uh, this all goes back to the vetting process yeah okay (laughs) and i'll tell you why this is why vetting them in the sense that you know where that income is coming from is so important Mm -hmm. Because if they're on some sort of disability, Ontario Works, these are government benefits mm-hmm. that cannot be garnished. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? So even if they owe you $30,000 and even if you have a court order to collect, mm-hmm. you cannot garnish their wages. First of all, they don't have any wages. Mm-hmm. You cannot garnish their bank account because these monies, these benefits mm-hmm. are untouchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. 
Um, I want to get as well a little bit into the agreement to lease. Why I saw again on your Instagram, I'm just creeping, um, but I saw that you cannot offer more deposit up front. And can you talk about that a little yes. bit? Because right now that is happening a lot, six months to a year up front. I just want to get your it perspective. Is, <laughs> it is. The rental market is so hot now. I can't believe it. Yeah. Right. That people are competing. And one of the things I uh, one of the questions that I get asked more common than not is, is it legal to pay six months, seven months, eight months? They're even paying up to one year yeah. in advance. Mm -hmm. Who has this money? I know. It's right? all down payment at that point. Voluntarily. Mm -hmm. Now, firstly, the law says that the only deposit, with the exception of a key deposit that a landlord can hold on to mm -hmm. and request, is a last month's rent deposit. Mm -hmm. That last month's rent deposit can only be applied to the last month of the tenancy. Mm -hmm. Now, Sometimes what parties want to do is they want to circumvent the law, mm -hmm. right? And they say, well, I'll pay you this voluntarily. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the problem. Depending on who you have at the landlord and tenant board, it can work for you or it can work against you. I've been on the side where the board member says, uh, no, I don't care if it's voluntary. You cannot circumvent the act. Mm -hmm. You cannot. This is not a loophole. Mm -hmm. Landlord must return those monies. Well. And then I've been on the other side where the board says, well, it was voluntary. They paid it. Mm -hmm. I know because a lot of my clients, like they'll just offer it. Like maybe yeah. the landlord's not asking for it, but they know that that's how they have to compete against yeah. other offers, which is crazy. But what's happening is that they're, they'll offer it in order to secure the property. Mm -hmm. And then the day after, they'll bring an application to the landlord mm -hmm. and tenant board, mm -hmm. which is not the greatest way to start a landlord-tenant <laughs> relationship, <laughs> no. right? No. And then uh, I also want to talk about damage deposit because that that's something that we can't do. Illegal. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Illegal. Yeah. In Vancouver, I'm, I'm from Vancouver. So I, I, that was actually a lot more common there. But here people don't ask for it. But sometimes they see like pet deposits or things like that. Is that also? All of them are legal. Okay. The only exception <laughs> mm -hmm. is a key deposit. Okay. okay. And that has to be a refundable key deposit. Okay. 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 And are they allowed to say things like no pets or no overnight guests and get kind of crazy with the requests? No. Okay. <laughs> landlords who are most, uh, this is most common where landlords are renting out their basement. Mm -hmm. No overnight guests. Yeah. How's that relevant to the tenancy? Mm -hmm. So I'm paying you rent. I'm taking care of your property and you're going to tell me who to have over. I yeah. mean, no, the law says no, mm -hmm. because these people are not living with their parents. They're renting a property. Yeah. They're allowed to have a guest. Now, one step further, tenants can also have occupants mm -hmm. and roommates without the permission of the landlord. Mm. The only time the landlord has a say is if we say, you know, landlord, uh, Rob, can I bring in um, my roommate and she wants to be on the lease? Mm -hmm. Can we put her on the lease? Then he can say, well, let me see her paperwork. That's the only time the landlord has a say. Okay, so you don't need to put all occupants on the rental application? or You don't have to, no. Okay. no. Occupants are, are like children, um, spouses, elderly parents, people living in the property, mm -hmm. but they're not protected by the act. Okay. Okay. Okay, interesting. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, and I also saw like some other crazy things like not allowing them to use a dryer at specific like dates and times and whatever to help with the cost. I have no idea, but yeah. are they allowed to do things like that or? Well, that depends on what the parties agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so this often happens in houses or you know, duplex or triplex where people are sharing facilities, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. They do have a list of house rules mm. and where they'll say, well, main floor will use the laundry room on Mondays and Wednesdays. 
I don't know, the basement will use it every other day, weekend is shared, mm. right? As long as everybody abides by that, it's all good. Okay. And then for pets, sorry, just going back, because I've heard that you're not allowed to say no pets if it's in a house, but you can if it's in a condo because of the bylaws or something. Let's talk about that, yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. So the only exception to the no pet rule is if the condo corporation mm -hmm. says that there's no pets allowed in this condominium. Mm -hmm. So for the agents who are renting out condominiums, always make sure that you attach a copy of the condo rules mm. to the Ontario Standard Lease mm -hmm. as a appendix. In fact, one step further, mm -hmm. further next to where the pet ish, pet um, rules are mm -hmm. and the smoking rules, mm -hmm. you should have the tenant's initial so that okay. they can't come back and say, well, you never gave it to me. I wasn't told. Okay. Instead of them having them sign like the bottom of the RTA. That's right. Thing. Okay. That's right. Okay. And then segueing to the RTA, can you explain what that is and who it protects? Yes. The <laughs> Residential Tenancies Act. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. The Le Residential Tenancies Act is the legislation that governs landlord and tenant, ma landlord and tenant relations or, or laws um, within the province of Ontario. Mm -hmm. It only applies to tenancies in Ontario. Each province has their own different legislation. Mm -hmm. And it protects both parties. Mm -hmm. Many times landlords think, oh, no, it protects the, the, the tenants. It's so tenant friendly. And that's not the case. The law provides a balance for both sides. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that let's say five years ago, if you were to come to me and you were to say, well, you know, Bita, uh, my tenants stop paying rent. I want to evict them. Mm -hmm. You know, in we could serve notice and be in front of the board in 60 days. Your tenant would be evicted in 90 days. Mm -hmm. Whereas right now, it's taking seven to eight months just to receive a notice of hearing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't guarantee that your matter is going to be heard. So here's where the system's broken because of the amount of time it's going to take to get to the board. Mm -hmm. That's why many landlords think, oh, you know, the law's for the tenant. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. The law provides a balance. It's the system that kind of a little broken. works for the tenants. <clears throat> yeah. Because I know a lot of landlords are upset right now and they're providing housing, but then they're also being treated like crap. So... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Land landlords have, see, this is where I, I sympathize with the landlords mm -hmm. because especially the small landlords, mm -hmm. uh, the bigger landlords who have deeper pockets, totally different uh, story. But mm -hmm. the smaller landlord who, who, you know, maybe saved a bit of, you know, after tax dollars to invest in a secondary property mm -hmm. comes across a tenant who maybe is familiar with the way the system works. will take them for a ride. Yeah. During COVID, we've had four or five landlords just drop off their keys to us and say, we can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, especially where, where, you know, Doug Ford was saying, well, if you have to choose between food and your rent, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. make a decision. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which wasn't the smartest thing to say, <laughs> but a lot of landlords were suffering back then. Yeah. Financially. Yeah. No, it is sad. And I know a lot of people going over to Calgary as well and just saying that they have better laws but it's a completely different like environment for investing so yeah yeah it's very it's booming yeah it is yeah <laughs> um i just wanted to also ask about rent increases because obviously we're seeing that a lot as well what is allowed what is the proper way to go around that let's talk about rent increases yeah. okay <laughs> so properties built and occupied keyword is oh. occupied mm -hmm. after november 15 2018 mm -hmm. are exempt from rent increase guidelines Meaning mm -hmm. that a landlord can really increase the rent to whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be market value, although we always say it should be market value. Mm -hmm. The sky's the limit because there's no cap. Mm 
-hmm. Properties built and occupied prior to that date Mm -hmm. are, they have restrictions. They're rent controlled. Okay, yeah. And what that means is that if a landlord wants to raise their rent, they have to do so by providing 90 days notice uh, per the rent increase percentage set by the ministry every year. Mm. And that changes every year. I thought it was 60 days, but it's 90 days. It's 90 days. Okay. Yeah. And what is the actual guideline if you're in a non, if you're in a rent controlled building? <laughs> if you're in a rent controlled right now, it's 2.5%. Okay. Right. A year over year. Yeah, well, no, that's just this year. Oh, okay. I believe for 2024, it's 2.5%. Don't quote me, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think I saw it the other day and it was 2.5% as well. Okay. Okay. Perfect. But um, it changes every year. Okay. What is it based on? Why does it... Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't I'm know. not quite yeah. sure. <laughs> I, don't I never thought about that. Okay, well, um, just segueing back to evictions for one second. What happens if a tenant does go into arrears and then has moved out? How can they go after them as a landlord? Uh, so if a landlord wants to go after a former tenant, yeah, so they can do so. So now the board has their own, uh, L. it's called the landlord's application number 10, okay. L10 application. Okay. It now allows landlords to go after former tenants mm-hmm. for rent arrears unpaid utilities mm-hmm. and damages through the landlord and tenant board. Okay. No longer small claims court. Oh, it used to be small claims. Okay. It used to be small claims. Mm. Now it's the landlord and tenant board. Okay. They have one year to do that. Okay. Now the, the only challenge with that is that now you have to find this person in order to serve them the documents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Interesting. Um, and we, we've been talking a lot about tenants, but I want to talk about the APS as well, agreement agreement of purchase and sale. And there was something you said on your Instagram just about vacant possession and that it cannot be given. And I just yes. wanted to clarify that. Let's talk about vacant possession. <laughs> so I always tell my agents this, guys, please do not guarantee vacant possession mm. when selling a tenanted property. Okay. okay. And the reason why is because all bets are riding on that tenant. Mm-hmm. especially with such a competitive rental market mm-hmm. where tenants now have to you know, move out, incur expenses, mm-hmm. and pay more. If they can prolong the move out, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. 99% of tenants fight it, Yeah, even when a property is sold. Okay. So best to not have vacant possession in there because what happens is if you guarantee vacant possession, you're going to have to you know, cough up some monies for damages mm-hmm. because now you've promised a, a vacant home to someone that you can't deliver. Okay. Right. So no such thing when it's a tenanted property. Okay. But if you do like a cash for keys or something before then cash for keys should be done prior to listing the property. Okay. So you want right? to make sure they're out before even listing. Okay. You got it. Okay. That way, not only can you provide vacant possession, mm-hmm. you can do open houses, you can take photos, you mm-hmm. can stage it, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then what else do you think is really important to note on the APS that like realtors should know? Okay. The address, uh, well, the, the APS, not the least, sorry. Yes, so sorry. <laughs> APS always needs to be reviewed by either a paralegal to mm-hmm. ensure that the appropriate clause is in there mm-hmm. so that the appropriate requisite notice can be served Okay, and always have it reviewed by the lawyer. Okay. Always just in case you miss something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, you want to lift liability from yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, we're already nearing the end of the podcast. I went by really, really fast, but I just want to know uh, just a couple more questions. What would you recommend to new investors becoming a landlord in this kind of environment? 
Wow. Team up with a great paralegal, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And get to know the laws, get Mm -hmm. to know the rules, get to know what you can ask for when you're vetting tenants, uh, when prospective tenants, um, and get to know how the board functions Mm -hmm. is very important. Okay. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah, I don't if you want to drop your socials and they can follow you and you can team up with Bita, an amazing paralegal, Thank and she can you. help you with all your investment property needs. But yeah, if you could let them know where they can find you. They can social media is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at Stonegate Legal Services on our Instagram and Facebook. Uh, www.stonegatelegalservices.ca is our website. All of our contact information is there and they can also book a consult on the website as well. Awesome. I'm going to put it all down below and even where you can book a call. So yeah, but thank you so much for coming on. That was great. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you.